It's so empowering to be able to do work now that is not only good for you, you know, from be able to live an income, earn an income, but it also is good for everybody else that incorporates it. There's nothing better than being able to share your passion and being paid for it. And that wasn't the case, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago. Um, It's a lot different now. So I'm really grateful every day that I've got the opportunity to support people and help people. And I'm also grateful that having an online business does allow freedom in your life. This is Superfast Business with James Schramko. James Schramko. Helping you build your business super fast. James Schramko here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 824. Today we're talking about feeling good. And the best person I know to have that conversation with is Adam Guthrie. Welcome to this podcast episode. Thanks, James. My pleasure. It's great to have a chat with you. I always enjoy our chats because you're a fellow surfer, so we could easily get distracted talking about how long our last ride was and what board we're surfing these days. It's just hard to explain to people from outside that world, but it's kind of this little closed ecosystem of pure passion and an experiential dimension to life. But I, I know, you know, living is very important to you. It's like the sort of the subject of your business. It's a theme of your life. And well, certainly from what I know about you, it seemed to come to a hard stop at uh, around the age of 39. You had a serious incident that changed the trajectory of your life. And it's probably why you enjoy every wave you can catch these days. You want to talk a bit about what happened back then? Sure, James. Absolutely. Well, yeah, at age 39, I was obese. Like I was 110 kilos. Today, I'm like 75 kilos. (laughs) I was 110 kilos obese. And I ended up having a heart attack in the surf. It was about 10, 12 foot swell and got an incident there. You know, I took off on this wave, paddled, pulled off it, pulled off the wave. And then looking out to the horizon, all I could see was this swell building, right? And I'm going, oh my God, if I don't get over these waves, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble because I'm overweight. I'm on this big board. I'm going to get held down. I'm not going to come up. So I started paddling like crazy, got over the first one. Paddle, paddle, got over the second one. Paddle, 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 just got over the third. And then there's this fourth. And it's like a mountain, man. And I'm paddling up this thing. And just as I near the top, it starts to curl. And I'm going, this is it. Game over, you know. And I just got all this energy and just gave it everything I had. And I just punched through the lip and bang, I got this pain right across the front of my chest, in my shoulder blade and down my left arm. And I'm like, whoa. You know, what happened there? I thought I'd been pulled a muscle because I'd been paddling so hard, right? And it didn't go away, so I went in, went home, and had a shower, still niggling away, and I thought, oh, I better get this checked out. But I thought, oh, I've got to get this paperwork done first. So I went down, and as I sat down at my computer, it happened. I get literally this crushing pain in my chest, like this restriction that you can't move. I get this nausea, but I don't vomit. I got this cold sweat, I got this pain down my left arm, and I'm like almost fainting. And it freaked me out, rang my wife, and she said, look, get yourself to the hospital. So I did, grabbed my mother-in-law, who was just next door, drove 30 minutes to a hospital, get in there, and they hooked me up with all these gadgets, take the blood, come back a little while later, and I go, Adam, you've had a heart attack. And I went, I don't think so. <laughs> because number one, like, I'm too young, I'm 39, right? And number two, I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian since, you know, 21. And um, they're meant to have the lowest risk. I said, well, you've had this heart attack. Anyway, I end up having this heart attack and I'm told I'm going to be on meds for the rest of my life. And I was in there with the cardiologist a month after the heart attack and he said, how are you feeling? And I said, man, like I've lost my mojo. I'm feeling really flat. 
and I just can't get any enthusiasm back and not too happy. And he said, well, it's a side effect of the meds. I said, well, cool, let's wean me off him, right? <laughs> he says, no, this is it. You're on for the rest of your life. But he said, Adam, you need to go for another month. If it hasn't changed, I'll give you another med that will give you a lift. And I went, I don't think so. So I left there, came home and Googled how to reverse heart disease with food. You know, because, you know, I was into food. I did an apprenticeship as a chef when I was younger. Anyway, what came up was a whole food plant-based diet, which is, it's a vegan diet, but it's whole food, not processed foods. So I adopted that whole food plant-based diet. And within six months, I'm off all meds. And it's 12 years down the track now, and I still don't have to take them. Get my bloods done every year. Cholesterol is under four, which is what you want if you've had a heart attack. They call it heart attack proof. So I followed that, did that, lost all the weight, gained all this energy. But one of the things that I really learned from that lesson was, you know, life is pretty precious. I had my ladder against the wrong wall. A bit like you, James, in the car industry. I was in the real estate industry. I had a boutique agency on the south coast of New South Wales. I would have thought that's more likely to give you a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so much pressure when I was in my role as a general manager that it felt like the weight of the world was crushing me and I worried about my health. I realized like I could end up being one of those bitter old men who just got crushed by life if I'd stayed in that industry. It's a hard, tough industry. And I still see property guys walking around, even my suburb. You can spot them easily. They've got the slick little tight leg pants. They're RM Williams and they're wearing a suit on a Saturday and they just look schmick and slick. It's like they come out of some real estate factory where they have a certain look and they just don't look healthy or happy. They look like they're uh, in a box, a gray, dark box, you know, that grips them. And, you know, when I speak to you and the energy of you and where you're at too, your, your age and your lifestyle, and I really feel like I'm one of the lucky ones who escaped and I was probably a heart attack waiting to happen. Yeah. But, yeah, you know when you're not in the right spot, right? And I imagine there's plenty of people listening to this and that's why they listen to this episode. They're not doing their end game right now. They're not doing their perfect thing. And I've always had this message, in 10 years from now, your life can be so different, you wouldn't even recognize your old self. And I'm pretty sure that'd be true for you too, right? 12 years ago. Absolutely. You know, to give you an example, it was like, you'd wake up every day, you'd go into the office, you'd eat on the run, you'd just eat crap all day, you know, pull in a survey, come out with Mars bars and chips and ice coffee. Uh, That's a petrol station or fuel station for our overseas listeners, a servo. But you just eat on the run, right? And just be eating and you'd be on the go and you're on 24-7. Yeah. Because it's a surgery industry, you're responding yeah. all the time. True. All the time. So you don't have control over your time or your life, right? And, yeah, I was pretty unhappy. You know, it was a very successful business I built and I enjoyed that growth, that journey. But once I got it to where I wanted it to be, it was like, is this all there is? And everything went downhill emotionally after that. But if you look at today, you know, after that, I made a decision to change it. I created a little cookbook app back in 2010, which got me onto the online scene after the heart attack. And I did it to keep me on track with a meal plan every week. And I thought others might like this. So I turned it into an app and that went really well. It was on 500,000 phones. It made enough money to go and leave real estate. It wasn't nowhere near the real estate income, but it made enough money. It made about 60,000 US dollars. And that allowed me to go and live in Bali for three years, take my kids to green school. So I just totally changed my life, sold my company, sold the business, 
went and lived in Bali, took our kids for an amazing experience, and then came back to Australia and we landed in Byron Bay. We're going to go back to Berry, but my wife came back a bit earlier and she says, Adam, you're not going to fit into Berry anymore, man. <laughs> it's like, it's not your wife. So um, I said, well, let's, um, you know, we, we love Byron. Let's go check out Byron. And we landed here and we've been here ever since. And then, you know, a few years ago, four years ago, the app world changed a little bit. Actually, the company that started that, which was John, actually, John Lint, who's got 10X Pro, which I use, 10X, but John, he did an amazing job with that app. It was incredible. It was amazing and flawless. And then another company took over and just trashed it, like totally killed it. And all our revenue disappeared and the whole thing. It turned into some business opportunity scheme, I think. I got rid of that because just revenue disappeared. I tried it for one month. We hated it and I'm like, can't do this. But it's interesting you mentioned this. A lot of people don't know John Lint, the founder of 10X Pro, built that app over a decade ago. And he's a flawless builder. He's a meticulous creator of things. And then someone else... I think he sold it, which is great. Good for John, bad for the people who took it on, didn't respect it or look after it very well. And he moved on to 10X Pro, which wasn't called that back then. I think it was M10 Pro, the original version. And he built it for himself to use it to help his agency create funnels and deploy campaigns faster using automation instead of having to manually do everything. And then it found a public application. And of course, you've got back onto the source. You went back to the guy who was looking after you on the first round of apps. Yeah, well, it was interesting how that came about. Like I changed to creating a program and at the time M10, which is 10X now, wasn't there. So I went down the ClickFunnels route, which was okay, but it was really clunky. And then I just got this email a year later out of the blue from John and I went, oh, my God, he's doing this same thing and his stuff's solid, man. So I just jumped straight across and had a chat with him, jumped across, and I tell you it was the best decision I made. The guy nothing goes wrong and the support if you want to learn something or you need a tweak on something you can put these suggestions in and next month they're there like it's incredible yeah it's just incredible things so we've run our whole platform for that through the program we started the iPhone program and it's a course base so the funnels work really well to get people into the course once they're in the course the structure is really good the navigation is really good and you can build these pages super easy but you know the payment gateways linking integration is He's just done an amazing job. So kudos to him. I'm grateful that, you know, he sent me that email and that I, I made a shift. And especially that he keeps updating it. It means that you don't need to go anywhere else in the future, right? It's like it can be growing. Yeah, and you don't need a lot of things, right? I know your business has been going well. I've had some involvement with you through super fast business membership. Yeah. I've watched your business pretty much double every year for the last few years. You're now in a fantastic position in life. I mean, it's hard to imagine for some people listening to this, like they're probably still masking up and they've got kids at home who can't go to school and like if they're in the United States, for example. Here in Australia right now, most states have had no incidents of a pandemic for like over a month. You know, life is good in Byron Bay. The sunshine is out. You know, it's autumn. You're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from a business you actually love that's helping people. And I'm sure this is a big part of your mission is finding other people who had a similar situation to you or potentially moving down that path and intervening with the kind of food as medicine type program. But you've basically got a good delivery system set up. I wonder if you can describe what ifeelgood.com.au looks like from your perspective and from the customer's perspective. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I created it because, you know, when I had the heart attack, I wasn't given the choice 
of a whole food plant-based diet or medication. Both are evidence-based, proven to reverse and, in most cases, heart disease, diabetes, type 2 diabetes, autoimmune diseases, all respond extremely well to a whole food plant-based diet to the point where you can actually reverse them like I have or you know, get it to the point where you can really minimise the amount of medication that you need to have. So I wasn't given that choice and that really annoyed me that here's the evidence and it's scientifically proven now. Why isn't every doctor sending everyone to these whole food plant-based diets? They're not aware of it yet. And doctors, you know, they go to medical school to learn medicine, diagnose and prescribe this drug for this symptom, right, or this disease. And I get that. That's cool. They only get two hours of nutrition study in their whole university stint, right? So they don't understand nutrition and they're not interested in it. They're just interested in medication. That's why they study medicine. But a lot of the younger doctors are and a lot of the older doctors are. Actually, what happened was after I got well, I ended up doing an Ironman triathlon and a doctor trained me to do that. And he said that in 30 years of practice, he'd never seen these sorts of results with food ever. And as a result of him training me to do an Ironman triathlon, he then shifted his practice and turned it into a lifestyle-based practice that's plant-based predominant in regards to treatment. And he rang me one day and said, Adam, I just took someone off the highest medications for type 2 diabetes. They no longer have type 2 diabetes. And he said, I've never been able to do that in 30 years of practice. I actually feel like a doctor now. I've healed someone. (laughs) You know, the medications, here's the problem with the medications I'm not anti-medications, by the way. There's medications that will save your life. If I didn't take the meds when I had the heart attack, I'd be dead. Sure. But what I am against is that not having a choice that while you take the meds, you can eat a plant-based diet, which will help you become healthy and the doctor will take you off the meds. That's what I'm for. And the problem with the meds is, you know, they'll keep you alive, but you lose your mojo. You feel dead. Switch you to a plant-based diet, whole food plant-based diet, and what happens is, you know, you can get off your meds, but you're going to feel amazing. You're going to get all this energy, like, so you can go surfing every day and live this incredible life, right? Yeah. You said in the day, health about, it's about like having energy to go do stuff that you want to do that you can't do if you're not healthy, right? It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I paddled six and a half kilometers yesterday <laughs> in my surf over an hour and a half. If you said to the Mercedes Benz version of James, you know, who was a bit overweight, feeling a bit tired and (laughs) under pressure that, you know, like in 13 years from now, you'll be surfing six and a half kilometers every day. I'd just say you're dreaming. Yeah. If I was more Aussie, I'd say you're dreaming. But it's hard to imagine how much different you can feel when you change your inputs. You're not the only person I've spoken to who's got a similar message. I've had someone with rheumatoid arthritis membership, someone with a diabetes membership, same thing. They were very sick on a lot of drugs, overweight or, you know, just at the end of their tether. And they pulled it back. They reversed. They came back. They're vital and vibrant and positive. And it kind of makes sense. Like this is something most of us do like three times a day that we can modify. And it's not hard to even test it or check it. And it's like you either pay for the good food up front or you pay for the medical bills later is a quote that I've heard. I don't know who said it, but it just makes sense. And I've experienced the same thing now. So you've got this passion to make this epicenter of good information. How do you get people to it and what do they see when they come to it as a consumer? Yeah, sure. I'll just circle back and I'll answer that. I created it because I wanted other people to have that choice, right? So I created this program and it's a membership-based program. So it's an annual subscription 
And how I started, I was lucky enough to have a bit of a list from the app and doing physical cooking courses and demonstrations and talks. I was able to build a list and that actually got us started. I just emailed the list when we first started and that got us our first few customers. And it went to four weeks. In the early days, it was four weeks. And start together, finish together, four weeks, which was great. And people got amazing results. Literally, within a month later, people's blood pressure had dropped, their cholesterol had dropped. All their numbers had changed. They got their bloods done before and after, and they felt good. So I went, this is super cool. What I learned, though, was after a week, after four weeks, people would treat it like a diet and then go back to their old way. What I did a bit of research on, you know, human behavior And anything when we learn something new, what happens is we start out and then we get enthusiastic, we can follow it for a bit, but then we drop the ball. And then some people will just walk away and go, it's too hard and don't come back and they go back to the old habit. But what they don't realize is actually part of the learning process. No matter what we're learning, we always have a dip. We need a bit of support, a bit of help to pick that ball back up and then go to the next level. What happens, the gaps get longer and longer between dropping it, and over a year, your habit change. Sustainable habit change where this is your life now. So I changed it to a year to incorporate that. So people go like this, drop the ball, I help them pick it back up. They go like this, they drop it again, and it keeps going until they make it sustainable. I made it 12 months, and what in it is in that program, we start out with a four, the four-week program, kickstarts them, teaches them all about plant-based nutrition, gives them meal plans, shopping lists. And then part of that whole membership is then I do a Q&A every day. People can email me and then I do a video answering all the questions. We have a coaching session once a week where I do a 15-minute cooking show class. I just open that fridge on a Wednesday night. Tonight I'll be on actually. I'll open that fridge, look what's in it, pull something out and make a whole food plant-based meal in 15 minutes. We do it live in the Facebook group. And then we talk about something that's hot in the group that people need help with that's a challenge and give them tips and ideas on that. And they've got access to over 500, almost 600 recipes now. And the community is super active, super engaged. It's incredible. And it's really helped. You know, we've had people now reverse type 2 diabetes, reverse heart disease, reverse arthritis, autoimmune diseases, IBS, diverticulitis, you know, you name it. People have had massive relief and reversals and have maintained those reversals for up to three years now. It is that powerful. So it's so empowering to be able to do work now that is not only good for you, you know, from be able to live an income, earn an income, but it also is good for everybody else that incorporates it. There's nothing better than being able to share your passion and being paid for it. And that wasn't the case, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago. It's a lot different now. So I'm really grateful every day that I've got the opportunity to support people and help people. And I'm also grateful that having an online business does allow freedom in your life. You know, you don't have to turn up every single day from nine to five. You've got flexibility. If the surf's pumping, you just go surfing, right? Well, it's kind of like you were saying before, it's a choice that's not really presented by the traditional way of society. Mm. We go to school, we're supposed to do study, and then we have to get a job and take on a mortgage and do the thing. And what I'm presenting to people is really like what you're presenting to heart attack patients. It's like there is another way. And it's interesting talking to you, especially because, you know, like our previous guests, you're not in the traditional make money online or business-related niche. You're in a food niche. You're in a health niche. I'm interested just in a couple of things that I know other people will be interested in if you're prepared to answer it. 
What does it look like for Adam running this business? Like what's your workload or workflow that you would do in a typical week? You've described some aspects of it. Obviously, you're doing some actual interaction with your customers. And I'm also interested on a side note about your market if they're predominantly from Australia or from outside Australia because it seems like you're using a .com.au. So I'm curious about that because a lot of the people I work with run from a .com, for example, charging US dollars. But I know your origins story you mentioned before used to do actual in-person cooking demonstrations and stuff so i wonder where that evolution has taken the marketing for you yeah so what happened you know i was able to get my first customers just through the list but then that sort of dried up a bit right and i think well i was actually watching the documentary in excess have you ever watched that documentary the in excess one I was watching that and, you know, because I've got a bit of a business slant to my mind, I was looking at the business model of InXS and their manager said, look, guys, if you want to make it really big, right, this is what you have to do, like all the other bands have done. You need to get on the road and you need to do gigs every single night and you need to do it for a few years. And what will happen is, number one, you'll become a household name overnight because you're in every single town. And number two, you're going to master your craft because you're practicing every day. And I went, wonder what would happen to I feel good if I did that. <laughs> so I did. I actually hopped on the road and booked all these venues and I'm doing like every second night a venue around Australia and it went nuts. Like I'd do a three-hour talk and a cooking class and then half the people that were at those classes would come and join the program. So the revenue was going good and I was doing that for about 18 months and I loved it. I was on the road, I'm waking up on the beach, surfing every morning. It was super, super cool. And then COVID hit and shut it down and we went literally we lost 92 percent of our revenue gone overnight and i went holy crap because you had a predominantly offline business right i had an offline business really our lead generation was offline that's the bottom line and you know just before you move on with that i just want to say isn't it interesting you know back when i quit my job 2008 most of 2009 and 2010 i went and traveled a lot did speaking all around the world to build my business you know that export marketing income i went to the countries i wanted to build an audience like the uk the usa asia dubai everywhere i spoke on platform so this is just critically important for um, an online business a lot of the key to an online business is the offline component and that's like you and I have met Adam in real life face to face on multiple occasions yeah. even though I have an online business yeah absolutely. that's the secret jam really so when the world does open up and you can this will turbocharge whatever you're doing online but back to your story about realizing that your offline income can't continue the way it was yeah it was a big wake-up call and then you realize well then you're forced to look at other things when everything's cruisy, you just let it flow, right? <laughs> like, Bad habits are bred in good times. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then you go, man, I, you know, i got to turn this around. So then I thought, well, I've got to run ads. And so I looked heavily into Facebook ads and it was incredible. We nailed it down. I'd run a few ads in the past, but I didn't know what I was doing. But I you know, learned how to do it a bit and ran a few tests. And the first tests, okay, we're putting in $20, getting $200 out which is insane. That's rare too, but that's great. <laughs> it's very rare. And I said to these guys that were helping me, you know, they're like blown away by it, right? And I said, why do you think that's happened? They said, well, Adam, number one, you've got an offer that converts, okay? You already know that. And number two is that you knew exactly where your target audience is. Hmm. So you gave us that information, we'll able to position that, you know, put it in front of those people. And then I got them to teach me. I manage it all myself now and it's still running really well. Over the four months that we've been running it, five months we've been running it, 
It's now we put 100 bucks in, we get 100 bucks out. But that's all in testing different audiences, right? So some of them don't convert, some do. But the ones that convert, and we've got that to a very small little number now, the ones that convert are still sitting at 20 from 10 to $30, $200 back. Yeah. Well, that's a long term. This is the beauty of a forever program. And I imagine you renew after 12 months. Do you offer a renewal? With our program, yeah. Yeah. You should get at least 50% would be a benchmark that I would look for in renewals. Our retention rate is 50%. Well, that's spot on. (laughs) It's almost like I know this market. (laughs) But, you know, I found the same thing. We just made a sale yesterday to a customer we ran a Facebook ad for in January for my 30-day work less make more challenge. And they take a while to pop up and that's okay, but it's a long game. I know from 25 grand in ads, I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars in the lifetime customer value. So the thing is, you know your market, you know what problems they're having, you know how to have that conversation. You've got something that's really helpful for them. So you've got a lot of the components. And now if you know your numbers and you track those cohorts and you figure out what they're worth to you over time, and chances are, It'll be one year plus 50% of year two plus 50% of that 50% for year three. You're going to have some of these people for many years, some of them five years, six years, seven years. So your lifetime customer value is going to be quite high. And you'll realize that this is a game that can scale and it's fun and exciting when you get that number working. Yeah, absolutely. And we have had people now three years. Yeah. And then you add little tick boxes in the car. Like, would you like us to rush you a copy of our recipe book? You know, like the physical iteration of that. I'm coaching a guy at the moment in a craft industry and just things like sending out postcards to people who bought the first book to buy the second book go absolutely berserk. Like you're dealing with the hottest, hottest customer, someone who already bought from you. Adding a little checkbox to get the bundle of the three editions instead of just the one. There's so much you can do. And, you know, from what we were talking about before, since COVID hit, your business is doubling again. Yeah, absolutely. And this was the other gold, you know, core thing that I realized how powerful a subscription model business is. Because those renewals helped track through me the downturn and allowed me time to go and learn another revenue stream, another lead source stream. Well, I'll tell you one thing I learned from COVID, a massive thing. It's if you have annual billing, Mm -hmm. you have a big amount of shock absorption from a sensitive market because the people who uncoupled from my program, it was only a very small percentage, were the monthly subscribers because they were knee-jerk reactionary. It's like, oh, you know, pandemic, panic, no toilet paper, I should cancel every subscription I have, right? And they were the first ones to go. And many of them actually came back when they realized it's not, you know, one year later, we look at how a lot of people reacted and think, well, that was just silly. However, the annual subscribers or the six monthlies, if you happen to have any you know, different billing period, they're locked in anyway. So they're not going anywhere. They just, you've got time for them to adjust. So that's one thing you did probably by um, accident you've realized that they're not going to uncouple as easily if they don't have this monthly opportunity to detach. Yeah, absolutely. And I got you to thank for that, James. You were the one that encouraged me to do the membership, right, instead of the four-week program. So actually, you helped me get through COVID by forcing me to do that strategy. That's awesome. Well, you know, like it's a choice, and I talk about this in my membership training, the, the billing frequency has pros and cons for both. But that was one unexpected benefit of the annual. Also, you know, in your case, when you're dealing with something that has such a profound impact on someone's life, you're helping them a lot 
by having them invest in themselves for a year. Mm. They've got the longer window, so they have a longer expectation and they have a higher chance of getting the results. And I think that's awesome. So what does your workload look like to sustain this membership that's throwing off hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue? It's pretty cruisy, really. <laughs> it's okay. That's nothing to be uh, afraid of. <laughs> like it, it could be either way. Some people say, you know, I'm working like a dog. It was easy when I had a job, but I love what I do. Do you sometimes pinch yourself and think, surely it just can't be yeah. this simple? But, you know, a subscription model really can be this simple. It is really simple. And where my main focus now is always on lead generation. That's where it mainly is. Yeah. That's where your goes. But just running of the program with people in it, it doesn't actually take a lot of time. So my typical day, I wake up, I meditate, go for a surf, go to a cafe. I get into our Facebook community at the cafe and just, you know, support people, you know, give them thumbs up and likes and stuff and have a chat with people in the community, which is just fun. It's an enjoyable thing. Chat with some mates. And then around 1030, I've got a team. I can thank you as well for this. You helped me learn how to manage a team as well. You know, we started out with somebody in the Philippines through you, which was excellent. And then she moved on. And then we ended up getting somebody in Australia because we could afford more money. Yeah. Yeah. So there's three of us now. There's two people full-time and one person part-time. And I'm one of those nice. um, full-time. You know, it's not an outrageous business model, you know, in terms of overhead or complexity. You know, I've only got seven people in my business, which is great for a seven-figure business that has thrown off a six-figure monthly income since 2008. It is hard to believe in some ways that it can be so difficult. When I compare it to the motor dealership that I ran, which had 70-something people, was doing closer to $50 million a year. And be lucky, you know, to make $1 million profit off a $50 million revenue. Like my business is literally more profitable with seven people than the last business I ran that everyone would think is, you know, massive, high, rich empire. You could certainly think that it was because people used to pitch us every time <laughs> trying to sell us expensive stuff, but we had no hope of buying. <laughs> but what a great, simple little business model. So most of your activity is getting customers and just maintaining the ones you've got. Exactly. And, you know, the day is 10.30 start, we have a team meeting, everyone goes off and does their thing. We've got graphic designer and we've got customer support and then we've got me that delivers the product basically and does the marketing. And you feel it's sustainable for a while? Oh, yeah. It's sustainable now probably, I reckon, for until we double again. I reckon we could actually manage it even to that with what we've got because there's so much space in a day. There's so much space. Yeah, there is. And people do say, oh, they're busy, but they literally got three lots of eight hours. Yeah. You know, it's eight hours to work, eight hours to sleep, eight hours to do anything else you want, surf, cook, whatever, watch Netflix. There's like three blocks of eight. When you really break it down like that, we have oodles of time and how we perceive time and how we structure it is a really interesting and fascinating dimension. But when you know next month's income is coming in and the month after and you've got renewals for years to come, you know, your cortisol's probably eased off a bit and, and now you just focus on cool stuff like, you know, what stuff am I going to put in the fridge for next week's cook-off and <laughs> you know, meal prep. Go down to Byron Market, Mullen Bibby Market and buy some fresh produce and go and do some cool collabs with some friends, you know, on their farm. Well, you're becoming more of an artist. You're getting that creative side. And that's what I missed from being in corporate. I was just pushed into being a cog. But now I'm finding myself more than ever, the further away I get from that, you know, being forced to do certain things, the choice and the freedom. 
it's really, it's an enabling scenario to have this business where you can write your own story and take it where you want. I agree with you. Support is a great place to scale up. It was actually the first thing I hired in my business. We have lashings of support in my business. Everyone in my team can do support and it has been the secret to having a great business because if you can respond quickly to customers, if you can deal with inquiries and help them find the right solutions, if you can have them take the heat off you for all the other stuff that you'll inevitably get people pitching you to be on your show or wanting to collaborate with you or wanting you to buy things or asking how they can advertise with you and all that stuff, like just have them deal with that. It keeps you in your zone of genius and creativity and enjoyment. So what a great life you've built for yourself, Adam. Yep, and sure have. So, yeah, with your help, it's been really, really good. And also John's help with his platform. Well, you don't need a big web engineer and developers and coders and all the stuff that used to go along with having to have a Frankenstein business model, I call it, you know, like where you needed your hosting and your SSL things and your plugin updates and APIs and hooks and all this stuff, talking to everything. It's like it gets a bit difficult. Which email platform have you chosen to run with? Drip. Okay, great. So that's really all you need, an email platform and the fully hosted 10X Pro installation. And it's doing the things you want it to do for your members and, you know, your funnels and getting your ads dealt with and turning them into customers and keeping the billing going and everything. Yeah, it's super easy. And, you know, when you take, you know, your framework of creating a course really helped. You know, the funnels, John has all these videos in there to tell you how to set it up. And one-click buttons, you know. I just asked him to add a challenge funnel. So there's now one-click challenge funnel you can deploy. So you could have a plant-based challenge or something like that, you know, like redo your fridge challenge would might be something really interesting for your customers. Yeah, okay. That sounds good. I'll look that up. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> Brand new. So he's quick. I asked him about it and the next day it was in my account. Yeah. Like this guy is unbelievable. It is. And coming back to customer support, he nails it. Yeah. Like there is no company that I've ever come across that has the support that he has. Our team are always if want something or got a question on something, bang. Like you just type it into the box on inside their platform. Yeah. Bang. Someone's answering you instantly. So we actually took that and brought that to what we do. And, you know, the retention is huge because of that and the conversion's better because of that. So we didn't get the answer, but I'm curious, do you have overseas customers now? Because in this show, 65% of listeners are outside Australia. So you've got a potential market there if you welcome buyers from other places. <laughs> we got customers in the program all around the world. Right. The US, Canada, South America, the UK, all through Europe, India. Wow. Out everywhere. However, the majority are from Australia because I was doing most of my business. That's where you started, of course. However, since we started the Facebook ads, more and more from around the world uh, coming on board. And, and it's so cool, you know, because we've got all this Australian slang, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the second most Australian podcast episode I've done this year. So we will transcribe it. Yeah. If, you, if you want, <laughs> go to 824 at superfastbusiness.com. We'll transcribe it and we may even have to put a translation in there for some of the extremely Australian words like servo. <laughs> so, yeah, and yeah, we'll need to transcribe it. But it's interesting when everyone jumps in and people are going, I'll give you an example the other day with the hot cross buns, right? Whole meal flour. And they're going, what's that? And in the States, it's whole wheat flour, right? Right. So that's just one example. So we're getting all this fun thing. So we're going through the program now 
putting all the US definitions alongside everything. But they're loving it because they love the Australian slang, they love the culture we've got and the vibe. They do like it. We, we have a slang interpretation in Superfast Business as well because yeah. we've got a cohort of Germans and uh, they're a lot of fun as well. They're the ones who usually ask us, what does that mean? You know, they want to know precisely. <laughs> what currency are you selling in? Australian dollars. I was US yep. and I switched it to Australian. And the only reason why, because we're predominantly Australian. Of course. They're going to people Australian. They're like, what's this all about? You probably can't sell US dollars on a .com.au. It's going to be difficult as well, if that's what you're doing. Yeah, well, I was doing that, but I switched it and we just made it. So it's, for the rest of the world, it's great while they are, you know. <laughs> Strong buying power for them. Country, right? But, you know, it's cheaper to buy it if you're buying it from US dollars. So it's all in Australian dollars. Here's the other thing about the ifeelgood.com and .com.au. I bought that .com.au back in the dial-up days, oh. right? My company, after 30 years, I feel good. I knew I'd just have it one day. And I bought that back, when was it, in 2003, I bought .com.au. And then I thought, I'll, I'll get the .com as well. So I go on and it's available and it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm trying to type in my credit card thing and every time I'd get halfway through, the connection would drop out. And I keep going and I did it like 15 times and I'm like, oh, bugger this, I'm going to bed. Went to bed. I thought, I'll catch it tomorrow, get on, and it's gone. It's gone. The ifeelgood.com is gone. And now, ironically, a pharmaceutical company owns it. They don't use it and I want it and they won't sell it to me. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Adam, that's heartbreaking. I had a similar story with uh, DomainSignificant.com. I bought it at auction. It was like I was at a nightclub visiting someone. They were in, in Australia and that was the only place I could meet them. And I pulled out my laptop and I purchased it at auction and I won it. And then three days later, I'm like, why isn't it in my account? And then GoDaddy sent me a message saying, sorry, it was accidentally at auction. They had renewed it. We shouldn't have listed it. It was a mistake. Uh, we've withdrawn it. And they sent my money back. And I was like, <laughs> I felt so upset at that. It was, it's such a valuable domain. It really meant something to me. I thought it was going to be a fantastic domain to build on. But anyway, you, man. everyone who's been online for any length of time has suffered massive setbacks from lost recordings to missed domain names. I've even sold a domain that I ended up, it expired because I changed Amex cards and it dropped and I uh, lost it. It was probably five grand down the tube. So anyway, <laughs> good luck with your strategy on that. You know, in the future, you're in a great position. It's been so enjoyable finding about your story and I hope we've inspired people to eat better to think of food as medicine, to go and look up your site, ifeelgood.com.au, to join your program if they're in any way feeling like they could improve the way that they're going through life. I, you know, I don't get any benefit for saying this, but I'm a huge endorser of eating well. And you have a great personality and knowledge base and your own story is inspiring, Adam. And uh, thank you for coming along and sharing. You don't have to, but you've given us a breakdown of what your business looked like before what it looks like now, what platform you're using, what team you've got, how you're operating it. And uh, I think this is going to be uh, great value. So this is episode 824. Is there any final comments you want to say, you know, just advice for people who are perhaps in a similar situation to you that you were in? Yeah, definitely. If you find yourself in a lifestyle with a lifestyle disease like heart disease, type 2 diabetes, autoimmune diseases, 
What's really important is to understand that there is a choice and that you can adopt a whole food plant-based diet. One of the things I want to make really clear, if you are on medications, never take yourself off medications without your doctor. The best way to get off meds is to be monitored by your doctor while you eat a whole food plant-based diet. And what will happen is the medications will be lowering your numbers, your blood numbers, and so will the food. The food does the same thing as the meds. And you need to be monitored while you're doing it because it can be dangerous if they drop really fast. And your doctor will then, once they start to drop, your doctor has to adjust your meds because it's dangerous to keep you on the meds. So if you want to learn how to do that, I can definitely share with you how to do it in the program. I've got a free course on the website that you can start with. It teaches all about a plant-based diet. It's got a recipe in there. You can jump on and have a look at that. So James, you know, Thank you for having me and everybody that has an online business of starting one. I hope this has inspires you that it's possible. And also, if you find yourself with a lifestyle disease or want to prevent a lifestyle disease, remember, don't leave it too late. If you're young and you're not experiencing these symptoms yet, they're building if you're eating a certain way. You know, learn about a plant-based diet and add more plants to your day and um, you're going to thrive. Thanks, Adam. We'll um, catch up again, I'm sure, but I'm going to continue watching your amazing journey. Yeah, no, thanks, James. Thanks for all your help, brother. Appreciate it. Yes. Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com. Thank you.